Welcome to the IBTA podcast. Discussions on policy, practice and research around professional learning. IBTA conversations. Hello, good morning, everyone. Um, welcome to the IPTA conference podcast, and we are delighted to welcome Kate and Lorna to the conversation, talking about the theory and practice of voice in early childhood. I'm Lizana Obrilzer, and I'm one of the co-chairs of the IPTA conference, and we are also working collaboratively with um, our publishers, Routledge, to then also bring this podcast to you. And I'm going to hand over to Lorna and Kate to introduce themselves. Great, thank you. I'm uh, Lorna Arnott. I'm a senior lecturer at the University of Strathclyde in Scotland and I'm the director for early years um, at the university as well. Hi, my name's Kate Wall. I'm professor of education at the University of Strathclyde um, and responsible for PGR, director of PGR at the School of Education. Fantastic. And, and I want to welcome both of you to the conversation. Now, I've already mentioned in our previous conversations that I really think this is an important book, The Theory and Practice of Voice in Early Childhood. And my first question is, what inspired the development of the book? The book comes about um, from a international seminar series that ran in 2017 um, when I moved to Strathclyde um, in 2016, um, the university um, gave me a chunk of money, which was lovely, and um, to organise different research activity. Um, at the time, I was a relatively new mum and was aware that my child was, was at nursery and the practitioners were engaging in voice activity with him in a way that I had never really experienced before. Now, bear in mind that my research profile has had a significant aspect of voice included in it for a long time. Um, it's something that I've thought a lot about and generated a fair amount of outcomes based around, but I've never really considered younger children. Um, there was a um, seminar series at the University of Cambridge organised by Alison Cook-Sallers um, in, in the name of Jean Ruddock. And there, on one occasion, we were split into the age groups of the children that we worked with. And um, there was a there was 200 in the, the undergraduates. There was 100 with the secondary schools. And there was four of us talking about primary age children. And so all of these things came together. So my personal experience as a, as a new mum, my background in student voice, children's voice, um, and that experience at that seminar, for me to realise that there was a real dearth in the research community around voice with the youngest children. They have the same rights as older children. They have the right to be heard. Article 12 is just is as applicable and should be applied. And, and, I, and from that personal experience, I, was, I knew that practitioners were doing something different. I knew that they were listening to my child in a way that I was not seeing represented particularly in the literature. So we were able to develop this Look Who's Talking seminar series where we invited people from all over the UK and internationally who were working in the field of voice with children from birth to seven, so really the youngest ones, and came together to explore 
the theory and practice of that the, the processes of, of eliciting thoughts with young children. So children who are pre-verbal, pre children who are non-verbal, but also those children who are in the early years of school and are learning and developing speaking and listening skills and, and what it means to have a voice. Um, it was really interesting. Um, we didn't necessarily agree. Um, it is something that is, um, I still, still think, up for discussion. And, and I think that's what this book represents. It represents the theory of the, of the one of a better word, academic noodling that we were doing about um, what this looked like and what we thought it, it represented and um, the practice of what we see and hear about in um, in different types of setting across the world. And, and there are international case studies um, within the book that we think are a real strength of what we do. As part of the seminar series, we had a graphic illustrator working with us and she um, was illustrating and, and recording our conversations as we went through the two seminar series. And she produced what we've called talking point posters, which were our eight key concepts that were that summarized our conversations and are now presented as a tool for supporting conversations around what voice might look like in the setting. And so they are used as a structure to um, scaffold the reader through the book. Fantastic. Thank you for sharing that. And it sounds to me like it is pretty much an emerging field and it's continuing to develop and grow. And this conversation is continuing as well as as, as you are continuing with your research as well. Oh, absolutely. I, I, agree, I agree with that. I think one of the interesting things for, for us, but when we just sort of feeding into what Kate has already said um, for us about doing this book was originally we had planned to do some sort of um, web-based uh, um, platform to help uh, or, or to support practice or we were going to do some sort of booklet or something and so we went to Routledge initially with the idea that, that they might have some sort of platform that we could we could have that information shared um, and and when we spoke to Routledge they were very keen and said you know this is actually a, a book you know we can fit it into a, a full book so there is a great interest in it I think um, uh, and in early years certainly the literature is there in terms of, of practice and, and what we mean by listening, um, but it doesn't always translate, you know, in, in terms of research practice, uh, the, the literature is there, but it doesn't always translate into practice or indeed in practice, it doesn't translate into the literature. So for us, it was really exciting to have this opportunity to bring through um, that eclectic mix of theory and practice together um, in this way. And we're really thankful that Routledge, you know, uh, we're, we're keen to take that forward as well and, and kind of pushed us to go beyond our initial plans just to do a sort of pamphlet or a, or a website or something to support practitioners and, and researchers. So that was really good. Fantastic. And I was wondering, Lorna, if you could tell us a little bit more about the theoretical frameworks that underpin the book and the work you're doing. Yeah, so um, uh, most of the people that we work with um, probably start from uh, a rights-based perspective or this idea that um, uh, a perspective of childhood where children are capable and uh, competent to um, comment and, and make decisions on their lives with support, obviously, in some cases, depending on children's ages. But we're not bound by a sort of age defined 
capacity discussion. So um, we, we all work from that kind of rights based perspective that children are capable and also have the right to, to be heard. Um, so that kind of feeds through the entire book. Um, but as Kate said, we have these talking point posters um, which are derived from um, academic principles um, of what, what we mean by voice and how we elicit voice and how we facilitate that discussion. Um, and we translated them into these talking point posters to kind of have a practice orientated um, uh, conceptualization. So really the book is um, divided up into four sections um, and two of the talking, talking point posters cover each section. Um, so the first one is thinking about definition and democracy and then we've got a section on listening um, and, and cultures. We've got another section on um, spaces and tools, you know, the kind of uh, uh, practical um, application, I suppose. And then we've got another section which is about building capacity and enabling. Um, so what we need to keep doing to progressing this work. Um, so, so it's kind of um, anchored around those um, four themes, which could be our kind of theoretical framework that runs through as well. Um, so, so each of the sections has a, a theory section um, based on the two talking point posters for that section. And then it follows up with four examples from practice internationally. Some of that practice is from researchers. Some of it's from um, practitioners in uh, nurseries and uh, preschools and kindergartens um, or even early primary working with children directly. Other chapters are from places like charities um, uh, and third sector organisations who work with children. So it's really exciting to see those three, the four key themes or, or conceptualisations that we've got coming together with those examples of practice. Fantastic. Thank you for sharing that. And I'm sure that when, when people work their way through the book, they can see how it sort of connects as well and, and how they can really develop their own thinking around these concepts. Um, Kate, I was wondering if you could tell us a little bit more about how the book ties in with the IPTA conference themes as well. So, so I think it might not be immediately obvious. This is a book about young children's voice um, and, and how it fits in with professional development. Um, it, it, but what we've become increasingly aware of, um, and I think is quite interesting, particularly when considered in light of the early years um, community of, of practice, is that um, for children to have a voice, then we need adults and the people around them to have a voice. Um, there is a definite mirror effect um, in terms of how the adults are operating, and particularly for children who are non-verbal, pre-verbal, then there is the adults need to be tuned in to a greater extent and to be very aware. So these talking point posters and the, the general thrust of the book is about getting people thinking about what voice might look like in their setting. So the talking point posters are about stimulating that thinking. They are about encouraging um, a questioning practitioner inquiry, if you like, stance to how can we start to move practice forward with Article 12 of the UNCRC in mind. I think there's very few teachers, practitioners, parents who are um, who would not say that these children have um, a perspective, have um a right, if you want, to to communicate their experiences and and their views, but how you do that 
um, becomes quite a challenge. And, and the, the, the cultures and the spaces and the tools with which we use are all um, important aspects of how we do that. So in terms of how this book fits in with the conference themes, I think it is about that professional development, that articulation of what we do in practice and how we learn about what is working or not in our setting and therefore encouraging us to talk about and to share the successes and failures. What I love about the case studies in this book is that there are a real range of practice. As Lorna said, it's research and it's practitioners in education settings. But there's also, with the international perspective, um, a whole range of cultures represented, some of which are more advanced in their application of the UNCRC, some of which are less advanced. And all of them have made this commitment to do something to try and elicit these young children's voices and are putting out there their experiences for people to read and to learn from. And I think there's something really strong in that combination of theory and practice that we are putting across in the book, um, because it, it offers some permissions to be brave, to try something new. And I do think voice work is, is inherently about being brave. It's about um, sharing power. It's about um, giving opportunity. And all of those words I'm using are, are problematic, but it's it's a, it's a real shake up of practice that we're, we're, that we're asking for. And what you find in many of these case studies is one initial question, one initial impetus to ask a child what they think about something opens up a complete can of worms that can change things quite radically. And then you see these more um, settings that are further down the, the trajectory, further down the line. And, and, and the practice looks radically different to what you might expect. Um, that takes professional courage. It takes um, a professional identity that allows and, and, and facilitates um, this development of practice where the kids are playing a crucial participatory role in, in what that looks like. So I think it, it's inherently about professional learning. It's inherently about professional development, although it might not come across like that from the immediately. Absolutely. And I think it's about pushing your practice beyond those professional standards, isn't it? And it's reimagining what, what things should look like as well. Yeah, I, I think it's about having that 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 objective. It's about having that idea of what do we want? What what does what is our our ideals, you know, this rights based approach to what does that look like within our setting? What what do we need to do and how do we become brave, become creative, become innovative, innovative in, in making that happen. Um, and so I hope it, it, it works as um, so, as prompting some of that action um, for practice and seeing what's possible. 
Brilliant. Thank you so much for sharing that. And then my final question, Lorna, is how do you feel colleagues will benefit from engaging with the um, It's a really, as we said before, it's a really nice eclectic mix of theory and practice. Um, Kate had introduced the sort of seminar series that we had at the beginning. Um, and so we had some some academics involved in that. And so some of the theory chapters are written by those, those academics as well. So you get a broad range of theoretical perspectives about what underpins voice. Um, Kate and I have written a couple and uh, uh, on the how we um, how we enable capacity and how we listen. Um, so they come from our particular kind of worldview, if you like. But the other chapters are written by colleagues who have, have a different stance, I suppose, or a different um, uh, philosophical underpinning or, or a way of writing. So there's a really eclectic mix of theory, but also an eclectic mix of um, scholarly work that, that gives you different ways of looking at a, a similar concept, which I think is really interesting. One of the benefits of this book is that it's quite open. Um, and we've said in the in the introduction that, you know, people can interpret this theory in very different ways. And even within the book, you know, because it's written um, by us and by other colleagues as well, the theory part, some of them are perhaps a little bit um, not necessarily contradictory, but slightly sort of divergent uh, and that's intentional because we all see the world differently particularly with something as abstract as voice work um where it's about interpretation it's about um you know kind of uh, your own personal perception of, of of how you interpret something um so those kind of conflicting discussions kind of happen throughout the book um and i think that really gives an opportunity for the reader to engage in their own critical reflection about what do they mean by voice i mean we're not suggesting that they have to agree with our um our discussion of theory they can they can take that theory and build on it and, and translate it into something that's meaningful for them so i think that's one of the real benefits that, that of this book that you have those different narratives and the different voices throughout the other thing is that um you know nestled amongst all those theory chapters are these 16 uh, you know fabulous case studies of practice um and that's really down to the international colleagues who responded to our call and were really engaged in kind of progressing this work um, and so we've got, um, you know, examples from across across the world um, that are really showing differences in practice. And Kate kind of alluded to this as well, that some people are really far on with their kind of voice journey and, and the practice is really evident um, in their day to day working. And other people are really just at the beginning of that journey. And we didn't want to just highlight, well, here's all the kind of flashy, you know, brilliant work that's going on. We actually wanted to say, well, Here's the journey that people are going on and, and some people are um, doing more than others. And that's OK, because that represents, you know, their culture and it represents how children are viewed in that context. And it and it represents an evolution of this uh, of this work. So I think that's a really helpful thing to take away as well, that it's, you know, voice is not uh, the same in every every context. Um, it's really, really a, a cultural uh, experience. Um, and so those examples come across. And it also just gives the reader, you know, inspiration, I, I think, if, you know, if they're wanting to think about what they might do in their practice, here are some really nice examples for, that you can build on. Um, you know, voice work is all about creativity and it's about um, kind of developing your own practice to be, as Kate has said, to be brave and to be creative in your practice, to find new ways to understand a particular phenomenon. And in this case, children's voices. And um, so it, it kind of gives you a springboard to start thinking about, well, what might I do in practice? It also gives you a springboard for researchers to think about, well, what areas do we still have to explore? Um, so I think it has potential for a, a, a broad audience. 
I, I think it's worth saying that um, there is section five of the book is a um, is a range of resources and tools that are aimed to prompt dialogue with colleagues or with children, with parents, wider community. So there's a there's a um, there's a range of activities and prompts and questions that can start people thinking on their voice journey. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm quite proud of Section 5 because it is about giving some practical activities that could um, prompt that thinking, prompt that move to the next step, prompt that creativity, that innovation, that doing something different, wherever a, a setting is, wherever an individual is on their on their voice journey, I suppose, not to be too X factor about it. They, they are they are practical tools that use the posters in different ways to prompt conversations that are gonna be positive and productive in, in moving voice forward. Yeah, I think uh, thanks for for reminding us about that, Kate. And I think it's really important to say that, you know, we've developed these um these uh, resources based on what we know about pedagogy and what we know about high quality children's experiences. But that doesn't say that they're the best um, resources that, that are out there or that, the, you know, that they're, they're the, the thing you need to, to follow strictly. Um, as Kate said, they're a prompt. So use them in a way that's useful for you. Can I tear them apart and, and rebuild them in a way that's helpful for your practice? Um, they're a starting point only. They're, they should not be viewed as this is the way that you do voice work, you know. Fantastic. Thank you so much for sharing with us your your fantastic work, your insights into your work, and also then the fact that, you know, it's also to do with our own professional development journey and how we can creatively engage with this process to develop voice as well. So um, just a final question. Is there anything else that you would like to add or share regarding the book? Just hope people enjoy it. And, uh, you know, we always welcome feedback. So if anyone have recommendations for how we take this work forward, then please do get in touch with us. And, and I'll, I'll probably finish with a big thank you to those practitioners, those researchers who who were brave enough to, to talk about their experiences where, wherever they're at, because the book wouldn't be half of what it is without those 16 case studies. They, they really sing proud uh, about how voice is being practiced, I suppose, um, around the world. Absolutely. I, I agree with Kate that, you know, we were so pleased that the the the, um, the case studies came in and they were so vibrant and so eclectic. So we do we do thank the um, the authors for those. Wonderful. Thank you so much for joining me this morning. And we're really looking forward to um, also catching up with you on the conference day, but also want to encourage people to have a look at the book. It is a very powerful piece of work and well worth looking into. Thank you so much. Thanks for listening to the IPTA podcast. Visit www.ipda.org.uk for our latest updates.